Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, guys, to the Believe in Rams podcast. This is episode 131. I'm your host, Jake Ellenbogen, and joining me, my co-host, former Rams linebacker himself, Cameron Lynch. Uh, Unfortunately, we're here to talk to you about a Rams 49ers uh, loss, uh, a Rams loss to the 49ers, eighth straight regular season loss. That's what three years in a row getting swept in the regular season. Um I know they won the NFC title game, but right now it doesn't it doesn't feel like they won the NFC title game. It feels like wow, this this it's a little dejecting. But like I told uh <laughs> like I told Cam off air, you know, we're we're feeling a little bit better the the day after. I got all of my uh, frustration out yesterday. Um <laughs> But uh, before we get into the show, I'm going to ask that you subscribe, like, comment, review, do all that jazz on all podcast platforms. Uh, Be sure to go follow my buddy Cam over on Twitter at Cameron Lynch 50 and follow me over on Twitter at JK Bogan. You can follow Believe at Believe. Um, And uh, we got a we got a sponsor. Little ad read here from BetOnline.ag. Yeah, there we go. Make it make it some moves. Believe. Uh, All right. So, basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. (laughs) Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit Make sure you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So, (laughs) Cam, I'm just going to give you the mic. Like, how you doing, man? Like, it's great to be back on here with you. I I wish we were talking about a win, but great to have you back on. (laughs) Man, I appreciate you, Jake. Yeah, I'm feeling okay. Um, You know, a lot of times our coaches would tell us after after a game, you know, 24-hour rule kicks in, right? Like, 24 hours from game time, you know, you got to wipe that that slate clean and prepare for the next game. So it's it's two uh, two o'clock on the uh, West Coast over here. So, you know, the game started at one uh, on Sunday. So 24 hours is up, Jake. So we're prepared for the Buccaneers now. Get ready for Tom Brady uh, and that that showdown there. Yeah, you know, it, it can be tough. It can definitely be tough, um, you know. I mean, where, where do you even start? I mean, we'll start with the burning question, which I'm going to keep doing. Cause I thought it was a good one last week, our last episode. Uh, Cam, we'll start this off burning question. Was this loss more about the 49ers matchup problem or more about the Rams? Maybe not being who they thought they were going to be. I think it's, I think it's the latter and the answer to the latter part will also be the consistency part, right? Where the offense showed up this game, right? You got Matthew Stafford playing a lot better than he did last game. The O-line playing a lot better, but then on the defensive side, you know, on the back end, there are a lot of mishaps, you know, a lot of missed tackles, a lot of blown coverages. And so just that inconsistency. So, you know, the Rams were consistent last year, you know, they're the champs, the most consistent team, they're they're the champs there. And so, this time around, 
there's a lot of wavering going on. And Christian McCaffrey <laughs> rocked that boat a lot more than normal. So, man, it, it was rough to watch. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, right, we talk about the 24-hour rule. You got to tip your hat off to the 49ers. They came, I mean, they came to play. Their fans were in the stands like no other. I mean, I just saw a whole bunch of red on the TV screen. So, I mean, they, the 49ers showed up, and, and the Rams, they, they did it. And, yep, 24-hour rule is in effect, Jake. Yeah, it's it's a bummer because, you know, Cam, it's it's exactly like we were talking about, like, you know, when I asked you and and kind of, you know, reiterated Sean McVay teams are like kind of lackluster out of the bye. Well, it was like it was a delayed, you know, bye week blues because the the first half they're they're winning 14 to 10 going into it. Uh, I did have a complaint. I felt like you have a minute left. Why not try and get a field goal on that last drive before half? Um I don't know. I, I actually want to get your take on this as a defensive player because you just got to stop. Okay. They're calling timeouts. They get the punt just to run the ball out. I mean, are you kind of like as a defensive player, you see that and you're like, I understand this is what coach thinks is best, but man, I wouldn't have minded, you know, another three points on our side. Like how do you process that as a defensive player? Yeah. Like when I was thinking about that, I was watching the game. I was like, the chiefs would have went for that. Right. Like Patrick Mahomes, they, they would they, have, they would have took taken some shots downfield, regardless of the time. They would have taken some shots down the field and said, "Hey, regardless what the score is, like we're gonna take some shots and you know get a great rep in." And I, I just saw that it, it didn't go that way. Um, you know, I didn't feel that risk. Uh, what is it? No risk, it, no biscuit type mentality. So I'm like, you know, it's kind of just laying things down a bit. And then another thing, you know, my other complaint. <laughs> you have your complaint. My other complaint. Um, I saw that there was there was some trouble in the red zone as well. I think it was before this. Uh, it was the first half when uh, Matthew Stafford scored that touchdown. The plays leading up to that, it just like the offense couldn't get the ball in the end zone. I mean, Malcolm, you know, Malcolm was doing a great job of trying to punch it in the best he could, but it it, it didn't seem like it, we were going anywhere at all. And so it just it didn't like you want to see the Rams take big shots. You want to see, see the Rams take big shots in the red zone. You want to see Rams take the big shots before the end of the half. And they didn't take those. And so I just, like you said, the lacklusterness after the bye, um, you know, a little bit more, a little too lax. Uh, you want to see the Rams take more shots. And we didn't see that um, in the first half. And in the second half, things just kind of fell apart a little bit. So it, it was, it was a frustrating loss for sure. It, it absolutely was. And I, I want to go back to your point on the goal line. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, your best short yardage runner and Daryl Henderson and Mr. Consistency, you know, being the main chick, I understand, you know, <laughs> he, he was, he was, uh, he was sick and, and, you know, obviously like be, it being ill is no funny thing. Like I've been ill. It sucks. And, you know, I've gone on podcasts ill and I'm like, okay, I'm not at my best, right? Maybe 75%, but I'm trying to give it my all, which is probably what Henderson's trying to do on a completely different level, more physical, obviously. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like this isn't a knock on Henderson, but how like you still used him, you know, he still had four carries for 16 yards, led the team in yards per carry and had the longest run of the day of anybody carrying the football. At that point, it's like, you know, I'm probably using Daryl Henderson at the goal line since this guy knows how to find the end zone. I don't know about yeah. you, but uh, exactly what you said. It was like uh, they had multiple. I mean, think about this. You can't rely on the referees to see those holding penalties because oh, they didn't get that call in the Super Bowl. 
Okay, they didn't get that call in the Super Bowl when Jalen Ramsey had his face mask, you know, torn off practically. Um, so, you know, I, I do have an issue with the play calling down in the red area. That has to get better. And I just didn't think there was a lot of creativity. And again, in, and I feel like the illness is there, but we've been talking about this. It's like, there's no excuse. Henderson needs to be featured more. And it wasn't just this week. It was against the Panthers as well. I mean, he's clearly the better back. Uh, you and I were talking off air. We like Ronnie Rivers. You know, he he has some qualities to him. Um, but should he have been starting this game even with an unhealthy Daryl Henderson? Probably not. I mean, this is this is a guy that's a rookie, un, you know, undrafted rookie free agent who's been on the practice squad. You kind of throw him in there, um, you know, and, and Malcolm Brown. I mean, I'm probably would have started the game with Malcolm Brown. And if Daryl Henderson's that sick, I'm probably not using Daryl Henderson, period. Like I'm giving him the day off because if he's that sick, then I don't want him out there. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, uh, but you know, I'll pass the baton to you because that I, you know, kind of going what you were talking about the goal line. I totally agree. Stafford literally had to dive and, and get hit by three guys, uh, you know, going after the pylon uh, just yeah. to get a score. And, and that shouldn't happen. No. And I didn't want to see you don't want to see that. Right. Like your no. quarterback running around, you know, and, and trying to get a touchdown. It's like you have capable running backs like, you know, use them or, you know, get creative and, and go another route. And, and we talk about Rivers as well. You know, uh, I came in with Todd Gurley. And he wore number 30. So to see Rivers with the 30 was it was very weird <laughs> like and i'm used to seeing number 30 like break the line of scrimmage and just run down run down the football field and score touchdowns like that's what i'm used to seeing when i see number oh, 30 so you know when i saw rivers in there you know he was kind of pitter-pattering at the line of scrimmage kind of like afraid to like just hit the hole super hard and, and take off and I was hoping that he would see Christian McCaffrey and get some tips like oh Christian McCaffrey's hitting the hole hard let me do the same thing I mean yeah, it, it, it was tough to see. So I hope that that Sean McVay, you know, we can get back into, you know, get back into his bag, right, and figure out how to utilize his running backs a little bit better there and just create some space for these guys. Um, and then another thing, too, you know, I know we talked about uh, offline, uh, the offensive line doing a great job in the pass game as well. You've got to think about their ability in the run game as well. You know, when it comes to getting pushed and moving that line of scrimmage, right? We always always talk about that anchor and that line of scrimmage being the most important part of football. And for them to get some knockback knock uh, against their opponents is going to be super important for those, those running backs to get get some uh, get some gain some ground. So it, it was tough to see, man. Like I said, like we said, when we saw, when I saw that goal line stop multiple times, I was like, "Ooh, it's going to be a long day." I knew it was going to be a long day after that. <laughs> Yeah, I was glad they got in and then they actually scored the touchdown, uh, you know, the Cooper Cup touchdown, which, you know, you're, you have to be feeling good going in the second half. You know, they're up 14 to 10. Um, but it's it's like you said, you know, with the offense line, they're protecting well. I mean, we went into this game thinking two things, main two things. The offense line has to give Stafford time and Stafford can't be turned the ball over. And both things happen. Stafford didn't turn the ball over. The offensive line. Uh, you know, gave him time. Um, and surprisingly, this is the game they lost by 17. Um, I know they lost 24 to nine the previous game, but that game was close for the majority of the game. It was a one possession game. Like I brought up uh, last, you know, episode, but this one, it, it just 
something just feels off about the score. Something feels off about the way they play in the second half. I mean, I got to say this. There are a lot of people that are calling for Raheem Morris's head. And what I will say is this. I think Raheem Morris is doing the best he can without really no pressure coming from the left tackle side of the line. Uh, once again, no pressures. Again, I'm, I got to give you know credit where credit's due. Um, Justin Hollins is outstanding in the run game. He is outstanding as a run defender, mm-hmm. but he is just not the pass protect uh, pass rusher that they need right now. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing is it's okay, by the way, that they're not, you go out and you get somebody at the deadline and now those guys become really valuable backups. They can come in him, Lewis, they can defend the run and they're not bad pass rushers. They're just not starting caliber right now. Uh, but my guy Leonard Floyd is, you know, if he's back, that's, that is huge. That is so huge. Uh, we'll get in the defense in a little bit. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, you know, Henderson wasn't utilized in the run game enough. We already talked about that, but a guy that wasn't utilized at all, actually two Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell. I, I don't know what's, what's happening. I mean, Cam, both guys were drafted in the second round. Van Jefferson had 800 plus yards last year. Uh, Tutu Atwell is constantly called a bust by the fan base, but in reality, I don't think he's a bust. I don't think he's done anything where, yep, this guy's not going to cut it. They haven't really given him an opportunity. They they threw one deep ball to him against Dallas, uh, where he burned one of the top corners in the NFL in Trayvon Diggs, and I haven't really seen any usage of him since. So I'm like, what 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 can this guy do to get on the field? You know, it's. I don't know, Cam. I, I had an issue with not using two guys like that that can be vertical threats. We talked about before the game. Felt like that was a big missing piece to this offense. Yeah, and you know, even going to Allen Robinson. I mean, the oh. guy is like lukewarm right now, right? Like his play is like oh, lukewarm, you know, and not just because of his, of his play, but just the amount of reps or the amount of opportunities he's getting. It's lukewarm. You know, you want to see that thing kind of boiling a little bit, right? He, he, Cooper Cup, he's super Cooper. You know what I mean? The guy yeah. is is outstanding, like, each week in and out. I mean, it, it's insane to see what he does. But, like, he's he's boiling. We need to get Allen Robinson more to that hot – get him to the hot side a little bit, right? I mean, if you bring Cooper Cup down a little bit, make him extremely hot, and then you get, you know, Allen Robinson to that hot phase, that'll be great. But right now – He's lukewarm, and you can see just the spark, right? You see Allen, Allen Robinson make plays first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, but maybe like one or two. You want to see him, you know, consistently getting that football and, and just balling out. I know he had a uh, a nice uh, red zone play where uh, Stafford threw it up to him, and he he was defended pretty well on that play. And you know, I like I like that thought that thought process of kind of giving him those jump balls in the red zone, but. You got to get him going a lot earlier so he can figure out his rhythm and so he can get going. So, you know, those other guys uh, that you mentioned, um, you know, they do need to get more play and more opportunities. But we got to get Allen Robinson going just a little bit more as well before those other guys, too. But, yeah, man, it's, you know, you want to utilize all your weapons. And those guys are almost like they're sitting on ice a little bit. I agree. And it's like. Allen Robinson had seven targets in this game. So it's, it's a good direction, right? You're going in the positive direction here, but you got Allen Robinson going early on. And then you're like, "Eh, Cooper cup. And it's like, here's what I'll say. The offensive line protected. Well, 
Uh, for the most part, Evans gave up four out of the eight pressures this offense line gave up. So there is a need, I think, at guard. Uh, but I thought Abushi played extremely well. This is a guy that's been on the roster for not even, what, seven weeks? And he comes in there, doesn't even give up a pressure. And neither did Brian Allen, who we were also talking about, like Van Jefferson. Allen was going to be like a godsend. And sure enough, he was. He was huge for them at center. Um, pass pro isn't the only thing that an offensive lineman does. I understand the run game wasn't great. Uh, but when you're constantly throwing the ball 33 times, I might add with Stafford, you know, that's what you want. However, I felt like they came into this game, not believing really that they were going to get that. And so the game plan was kind of built around the short passing attack. And what I'll say cam is you can't run the ball. You can use the short passing attack to kind of simulate a running game to an extent, but eventually you have to take the big shot and they didn't do that. So the 49ers were able to pin their ears back and they're like, all right, well, if Stafford's going to keep throwing these, uh, you know, these short passes to Cooper and, you know, pass to Higby there and, you know, Ronnie Rivers here, we're just going to come down and level him, you know, and that's really what happened. I mean, they weren't able to, I don't even think they got past the 50 uh, after that fumble that they had. Uh, you know, the, the Christian McCaffrey fumble was about seven minutes to go. They were up 14 to 10. I don't think they got past the 50 after that. I mean, it was yeah. just like insane. I mean, and it was crazy to see the, the what I did like what the Rams did is they started going hurry up offense. And so you see the 49ers, you know, kind of getting set like in their position. Like, oh, we have to hurry up because they're going hurry up offense. But you would see their safeties are all the way up in the box because they know there's no deep shots coming. There's not much of a threat there. And so. Like you said, it was like it was almost like, you know, the Rams were telegraphing everything, and we, we need we need a little bit more. <laughs> we need a little bit yeah. more from the Rams, and and for them to make the playoffs, for the Rams to to do well and go into the postseason and be the team that we want them to be, um, we're gonna need a little bit more. We're gonna need a little bit more, and I, I think at the end of the day, you know, the offensive line did a great job in pass pro. I would like to see them do better in the run game as well, man. You got to get the run game going because, like you said, if you could, if you have to makeshift the offense to simulate a run game right through yeah. passing the ball, that's like, oh man, you just like fight with one hand one hand behind your back, and we got to be able to do more more than that. Fight with your feet, fight with whatever whatever you have. The Bills do that by <laughs> choice. <laughs> I mean, they 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 run the ball like you know. You see Devin Singletary, like, oh, is he averaging seven point two yards per carry? No, nah, we're just gonna throw it like the rest of the game, like. I don't know. I, it's it's one of those things. And, and this, I'll say this, and I don't mean to to knock your former coach because I I, I love McVeigh. Okay, he was my handpicked guy in 2016. But my biggest issue with McVeigh is people keep saying if we just got Kareem Hunt, if we just got this, Sean McVeigh would be using Derrick Henry 15 times a game and not 30. They don't want to run the football. They want to throw the football. But the problem is, if you want to throw the football, they, and you have Stafford, you can't be using him like you did with Goff in 2019. And that's what we saw yesterday. It was a lot of the quick passing. It was a lot of the bubble screens, the regular screens, the quick slants, and nothing over the top. It was like, you know, you're not forcing the 49ers. You did not take one shot on Diamador Lenore. I mean, we talked about Emmanuel Mosley being out. This this defense is is weakened, right? And I understand Jimmy Ward's made plays, right? And we talk about Hufanga and he can, I think they were so focused on not turning the ball over, which they didn't turn the ball over. And that's great. They kept Stafford out of throwing interceptions. You got to find the proper balance to 
being too conservative to the point where it's not even like if you're just going to have Stafford throwing these quick passes, you would just rather have Wolford in there and he's not going to get killed behind a, you know, a makeshift <laughs> offensive line. I mean, and, and we could talk about that at the end of the game with Cooper cup and all the starters in there and cup gets hurt, but I, I, it's, it is a, you know, a confusing thing though. It's like, why do you have Stafford if you're just going to be throwing five yards you know, every pass essentially, uh, which is what his average was around like 5.7. That's one of the lowest I've ever seen for Stafford. So I understand maybe they saw it in the game plan, take advantage, whatever. But this team had way too many injuries. You talk about Arik Armstead being gone, Dre Greenlaw. They don't have Al Shair. You know, there's Debo. way too many guys that were hurt, you know, and it's like... I just don't feel like they took enough of an advantage against that. I mean, let's put it this way. Christian McCaffrey threw the same amount of touchdowns as Matthew Stafford. That's not acceptable. It's not. Uh, he had the triple so, crown. He had the triple crown that, ga- uh, he, that game. He I mean, did. It was the first time since, what, LT? In LT. 2006, I think it was? Yeah, 05, 06, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Brutal. But, Cam, you're a defensive guy. I can't. I can't. <laughs> just beat a dead horse with the offense. I got to give you your, like the defense is your bread and butter. You know, yeah. we got, we got to give you your defense. So yeah, I don't know. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on the defense? Man, like we said, Debo was out. So it's like, okay, their best, their best player is out of the game. The guy can run the ball. He can line up at the slot. He's out of the game. I know they have Christian McCaffrey now. So like that's, but Debo's out of the game. So it's like, okay, the only people we, re- we really need to lock on are is Kittle and McCaffrey. Ayuk somehow, <laughs> Ayuk found a way, Kittle found a way, McCaffrey found a way, and a lot of those passes were over the middle, like we talked about. You know, they they gotta start watching the Believe podcast. You know what I mean? The Believe in Rams <laughs> podcast, so they could just understand what's about to go down in the game. Because we talked about it, a lot of short passes right over the middle, passes to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Kittle was open so many times over the middle. Oh. It's like, wait a minute, what what's going on here? Um, so. Just to see that, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then Christian McCaffrey, he's been on the team for maybe a week and a half, and he's finding running lanes like it's no one's business. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> this is a little backwards here. He should be – the Rams should be forcing him to struggle, right? Like, oh, should, yeah. Christian McCaffrey should be to the point where he's like, man, I don't know if I came to the right location because, like, the Rams are tearing me up. But the guy's looking like he, – he's headed to the Pro Bowl pretty soon here. Like, he might – end up at the Pro Bowl the way he played uh, against the Rams. He might have had the best game I, I've seen him play, to be honest. I mean, it, it was it's Halloween, and he he needs a Superman cape, uh, cape for Halloween for sure. Yeah, he he was really good. Um, I mean, I, I will say this. I still don't think the Rams are going to regret not getting him because I think the price was too high, especially for a running back who, yeah, he's young. And they have him for a long time, but he's so injury prone. And so, you know, there's always that worry where, you know, he goes down and it's like, what is this offense going to do if you don't have him and Debo, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, if they play the Rams, I can only assume they'll figure it out. But against other teams, let's be honest here. You know, you have eight straight wins against the Rams and Kyle Shanahan still has a losing record in the NFL. Those are the facts here. He's got mm-hmm. a losing record against every other team altogether except for the Rams. So it's one of those things where, you know, I'm, I don't really, you know, I'm not watching like ESPN and all that this morning, but it's one of those things where I'm seeing clips show up on my timeline. And it's the same thing. Everyone's saying the same thing in the media where, 
Yeah, you know, the uh, the the Rams losing that game showed me more about the Niners and how the Niners are the NFC favorites to knock off the Philly Eagles. And I'm like, did you watch the Falcons game? Did you watch the Chiefs <laughs> game? I mean, the way they play against the Rams, it's like if they prepared like that for every game, and I understand it's different with a rival, but they prepared like that for every game. They would win a Super Bowl. They already probably would have won one. That's my biggest issue with the Niners. Uh, my biggest issue with the Rams right now is that the offense is hurting the defense. And I think the defense, which we're now talking about, you know, <clears throat> it's easy to sit there and be like, they gave up 31. But I mean, you talk about, you know, baseball analogies, the no run support for a starting pitcher. Guess what? You can't get a win if you don't get a run, right? Yeah. So I could pitch a, a no hitter and lose because, you know, eventually you guys don't give up, you, you know, you guys don't score a run. They take me out because I'm past my pitch count. I bring in another guy and boom, I just lost throwing a no hitter because you guys couldn't help me out. The Rams basically were shut out in the second half and uh, the Rams defense gave up 21 in the second half, but it's more so the fact they couldn't get past the 50. You know, the offense basically didn't take enough time off the clock, like for the defense, tire out the defense. On the other hand, the defense got tired out for the Rams. And I think at that point, you kind of throw it all out the window, right? You get really tired. It's hard to make tackles. It's hard to cover. It's hard to backpedal. It's hard to rush the passer. Uh, it's hard to win. Let's just call it that. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think obviously looking at the defense, it was one of the worst games this year for them. Um, <clears throat> it was disappointing because they got healthy. You know, you had Hill back, you had Jacoby Durant back, um, you know, so that, that was a little disappointing. Um, it was disappointing to see that the tackling actually wasn't a huge issue except for the secondary. Um, you know, the linebackers were fine. I think Ernest, you know, he missed a tackle. He probably wants back, but you know, at the, in the trenches, I thought they, they tackled well. Um, but in the secondary too many missed tackles with rap and Scott, uh, too many blown coverages, um, no pressure outside of Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, which puts, you know, your defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris in a really bad, you know, circumstance there where he has to try to manufacture different ways to, to win a game without getting any pressure on one side. Um, and what I think the Niners do extremely well and mainly Kyle Shanahan, something they always really do that the Rams haven't been able to stop. They motion one way and go the other. And I know that that's about as simple as I can make that sound, but there's a lot of nuance to it as you would know, because you play in the league. Um, but they've really been doing those misdirections with the the motion and going this way and having different pullers and whatnot. And they have enough ath athleticism on their offensive line where they can do that. So what I'm going to ask you here is looking at this defense the way it is, and we keep talking about pass rush, um, but is there is it time to start admitting that there's a concern in the safety room? I mean, for a while we we thought about it. We're like, okay, you know, they they got a lot of depth. Nick Scott's a hero. This guy is a seventh rounder, and now all of a sudden he's starting. But Nick Scott started to, he's starting to kind of you know show some signs. Maybe he's not the guy. Taylor Rapp. I mean, he's already been mentioned a little bit in trade rumors. Uh, you know, both contract year guys. Is it time to start using Terrell Burgess, maybe even a Russ Yeast, trying to, you know, get some momentum going? Because I feel like changes have to be made when you're two and three at home. I feel like changes have to be mean when you're the defending Super Bowl champions and going into week nine, you're below 500. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, changes have to be made. Like you said, um, I think Raheem Morris is really going to have to do some digging. Um, you know, that second half, and people realize a lot of the defenses, 
were more uh, like zone coverages, you know, like real soft coverages. So all the 49ers were doing, they were just dinking and dunking. Guys were running up and making tackles. And you're conceding yards, you know. If you're doing that, the Rams are up like 10 to 14. And next thing you know, they're just, you know, they're just suffering. <laughs> they're suffering yeah. with, that, with that defense that they were in. Um, I believe Greg Olson was saying, he's like, hey, we have to tighten up this coverage. And you got to blitz more. And a lot of times when you hear, I, I do some color commentary, when the color commentator is telling the offensive or defensive coordinator, like, hey, I suggest this, that means it's it's not looking too good. You know, usually a lot of times as, as a color commentator or commentator, you want to speak about the technique, right? Oh, this player's technique wasn't great. Therefore, this player did this and did that. But when you end up going to the coordinator, then it's, then it's a problem. Then you know it's a system problem rather than an actual technique or person problem. So I think Raheem Morris is going to have to figure something out, how to get – more pressure, right? Uh, figure whether it be line stunts. I, I don't know what it is, but they have to figure out how to get more pressure up front. And then also to figure out how to protect their safeties and make sure that they're on the same page. There was a lot of miscommunication. I know Troy Hill's back, so things probably a little bit different, but there was a lot of miscommunication on the back end and then not enough pressure. And then another thing, too, I, bring, I brought it up last week. You know, I'm a linebacker. I want to see Bobby Wagner go off. Like, I haven't, I haven't, so you see Jalen Ramsey go off, right? I know he had a missed interception on the blitz, but you see Jalen Ramsey pop up every game. Like every game, he's forcing a fumble, he's doing something. It's like, oh, that guy's a superstar. Bobby Wagner, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it, Jake. I'm waiting for that Bobby Wagner interception, that hit stick. And the biggest one I've seen so far was the fan now streaking on the, on the, on the, on the field. That was the biggest. That's the biggest thing I've seen for Bobby. But other than that, I haven't seen it yet. So as a linebacker, selfishly, I, I want to see Bobby get down. And I think I think we need that um, for this defense to get that spark. Um, and, and it is it is his first you know first couple of years being at the Rams. So he's he's new to the system, quote unquote. But then you see guys like Christian McCaffrey come in and kill it. So it's like, wait a minute, you know, come on, Bobby. But it, you know, he is running a whole defense that's completely new from what he's used to. So. I just can't wait to see that, Jake. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I think he's had a really good year. Just that you're talking about the explosive plays, the plays that, yeah. you know, turn a pro bowler into an all pro. And and I agree with you yeah. there. Um, I think there's there's been a problem here where they haven't manufactured turnovers. And I don't think it's necessarily, you know, it, it shouldn't all fall on them because they're the only reason that this team's three and four and not, you know, potentially one and six, if I'm being honest. Um, but, you know, in this game, you can play that bend don't break until it starts to break and then it becomes an issue. And, you know, I feel like the the problem is they're playing a defense that works and they, they've been a top 10 defense all year. Um, and what Raheem Morris has done without a pass rush has been incredible. Um, but eventually the offense has to score points. Otherwise, even if you're playing bend don't break and you're only giving up field goals, if you're only scoring twice you're not going to win most games i mean 14 points won't win you most games uh in the league uh, 31 points given up won't win you most games in the league either uh but this team has been given up about 17 points a game and that's enough to win almost every game in the nfl uh, so looking at this i mean the two dropped interceptions by ramsey um there are two pass breakups essentially in the in the you know the stat sheet but you got to come down with one of them and then you know at least one of them and then you talk about the two forced fumbles. Actually, there was three. One was overturned because of the timeout. Genius timeout by Sean McVay. Uh, you know, got that overturned. And then eventually, because of that, you know, he calls the timeout. The booth looks at it, calls it um, an incomplete pass for Christian McCaffrey. 
And, you know, even though it would have been nice to say you forced a fumble on McCaffrey, you didn't want that because they recovered that and they were right at the goal line. That's a touchdown mm-hmm. instead of a field goal, probably. So that was uh, that was a key moment there. Um, but letting McCaffrey do whatever he wants, like you said, you give him all that room. You have to at least like tackle. You have to at least finish. And I saw these safeties missing. Uh, the the one that was so inexcusable, and we're going to go into what do they do from here segment after this. The one that was so inexcusable to me was when the backup tight end, Ross Dwelly, is streaking oh, yeah. down the left sideline. Wide yeah. open, Cam. I mean, yeah. they need you. <laughs> they, you would have been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just miscommunication, man. That's just yeah. low coverages. And, yeah, man, it, it was brutal because, like, the Rams were up, the, you know, the whole time almost, the whole time of the game to the third quarter. So it's like when you give stuff up like that and just fold – like 56 oh, yards, man. 50. It, it he hurts only had heart. one target. They threw it to him once. The only reason they threw it to him is because they were like, they, they played. Uh, I mean, the Rams didn't do it on purpose, but it was like, you know, that guy is at the three point arc. And you're like, oh, he ain't making it. And so you, yeah. you back off him and you're like, all right, he's going to miss. That's like what they did. Like they're like, they left him wide open all alone. It's like, man, I mean, Garoppolo, for the most part, his long, his deepest play is 34 to Ayuk. 56 to Dwelly and 23 to Kittle. You know, I mean, the bend don't break should not allow those big plays. The whole point of that is you keep everything in front of you. And once you start allowing mm-hmm. plays like that, you're going to lose the confidence of the fan base, no matter how well you've played. But coming off the bye, there's no excuse. The 49ers stole your bye because they beat you coming off it. They beat you on your home turf. They swept you for the third straight season. And oh, by the way, now they get to go and enjoy their buy. So they Ooh. ruined, they totally ruined your post buy and they get to go enjoy their buy. The that 49ers, is. you had a lot of opportunity to do a lot of damage here. Uh, the 49ers are a two and three road team, but the Rams are a two and three home team. And the Rams had an opportunity to put the 49ers at three and five going in the buy, coming out of the buy, facing maybe a healthier Chargers team. I don't know if they win that game. But instead, now they're four and four. The Rams can win this Sunday against Tampa, and they're t- they're both tied at four and four. But that doesn't that doesn't change anything. Like, I mean, you had a chance to put them down like bad, and you didn't have to play them the rest of the year either. It just the second half was was really upsetting. Um, and you know what I'll say is like, where do you go from here? Right, the trade deadline is tomorrow at four p.m. Eastern time, Cam. Uh, rumor has it they're looking at edge, running back, and wide receiver. I do think that they should consider um, pretty much all options that they believe uh, can <laughs> help this team. I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't really like hearing the whole, they're not a edge defender away. They're not an interior offense alignment away because I don't necessarily agree with that because we look at the first half and they were in this game. They were winning this game. The second half gets away from them. As you know, three to four plays can alter a game. And I think when you look at it, who's to say that adding a uh, Isaiah win at guard, he plays well. And now all of a sudden those four pressures that Bobby Evans had now, instead of giving up eight on the get on the day and one sack, you give up, uh, no sacks and you only give up four pressures and that helps. And then an edge defender, instead of only having nine pressures on the quarterback or eight pressures on the quarterback, now you're able to get to the quarterback more. Maybe you put 17, 20 now having that one guy because what he can do, maybe a, a Bradley Chubb or Brian Burns helps Donald helps Gaines helps Ashawn Robinson helps Leonard Floyd. I mean, 
I don't agree with the sentiment that they can't fix. There's too many issues to fix. They will not be mailing it in, so to speak, because they have Aaron Donald for the next three years. They have to make do on that. They have Stafford for five. But what are your thoughts? Where do they go from here, Cam? And do they make a move at the trade deadline? I think they make a move. I think they make a move. I think we need to get a running back. We need to, yeah, I feel like <laughs> a running back is the, the the biggest piece for me. The reason why I say that is seeing Matthew Stafford scramble for that touchdown, it made me nervous. It made me nervous. You know what I mean? And so it's like, hey, to avoid from getting your your quarterback that took you to, take, to take, take you to a championship, to avoid, avoid him getting hurt, get a running back. Get somebody else to run that thing in there, right? Or get better with the scheme. You know, like you said, at the end of the day, like getting one person in, in a spot is not going to change the whole outcome of, you know, of all the, and solve all the issues. It's, you know, find a better way to scheme, uh, you know, encourage your players to uh, run block a little bit better. You know what I mean? But it's after seeing Matthew Stafford get stale, um, score that running touchdown, I was like, ooh, yeah, we need, we need, we need help in this running game. So I think the, the first thing, First things first is make sure the running game is solid. I think get, make sure the running game is solid is going to be really important because we have these receivers that can catch the football. You got Cooper Cup, you got Allen Robinson, you got Jefferson, you got Atwell, you got guys that can catch the ball. You got Higby. So make sure the running game is solid. I think that's that's football one hundred and one. And then I think the defense they'll they'll take they'll take care of things. They'll fix things on the back end. Raheem Raheem Morris. He'll be more aggressive with his defense, right? Uh, play play less uh, passive, you know, in second halves and whatnot. But I think if we get that running game going as a team, I think I think we turn this thing around. I could definitely see that. I think, uh, you know, Kyron Williams, who is a fifth rounder, they traded up to get. I think there's a chance if he's back against Tampa, he could have a, a featured role. Um, I think you got to use Henderson more. I'm kind of of the idea where, if you get a running back, he can't give up top dollar for it. Um, and unless you're getting a Kareem, not Kareem Hunt, uh, Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin mm. Kamara, I would give up top for because you'd have him long term. And this is a guy that he does everything extremely well. You know, he could pass protect. He can. I mean, he's one of the best pass catching backs in football. In a way, it would almost kind of overshadow the 49ers getting Christian McCaffrey. Because I yes. think when Kamara is healthy, I think he's better. I think Kamara is one of the best running backs in football. I mean, he showed it yesterday. He also had a three-touchdown, four-touchdown game, whatever. He had five touchdowns on Christmas or whatever against, uh, it was the Vikings. Um, That that was unbelievable. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think him, I I think Bradley Chubb is probably the most likely, if I'm being honest. Right now, I think Bradley Chubb is, is very likely to be a Ram. I know the Broncos won that game against Jacksonville. Uh, but I, I don't feel like they're going to come to a deal with him. I really don't. I don't think they're confident. They spent a lot of money to go out and get Randy Gregory. And I know his season is, is potentially over. Um, but you know, they also really like what Baron Browning's doing. You know, they, they have some guys there and, uh, I just don't think they want to get into a bidding war for Bradley Chubb. And I think right now they're looking at the way the compensatory pick formula goes. And they're like, we need to trade this guy because we're only going to get like a third rounder or a fourth rounder for this guy. When we could get a second or a third, uh, probably a second, I would imagine for Chubb, maybe even more. Um, you just saw Roquan Smith was traded right before we went live uh, to the Ravens. And, you know, as a linebacker yourself, I mean, Roquan is a game changer. So the Ravens yeah. got a huge deal and they only give up a second and a fifth for, in my opinion, an all pro talent. So, 
Chubb's not all pro. He's very, very good, but he's not all pro. The, the Rams don't need all pro. They just need more pressure yeah. off the edge. They need a guy long-term. Um, and I think Chubb's going to be that guy. Uh, he's not my preferred choice. I would probably spend top dollar to go out and get Brian Burns, but I think Chubb is the most likely here um, because I think the Rams are going to make a big move. They did it. You know, if people are saying this is similar to 2019, well, I'll tell you right now, they got Jalen Ramsey in 2019 and everyone said, well, you got Jalen Ramsey. It was, it was a waste of picks. He he's not going to help you get to the playoffs. And basically the Rams like, no, 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 you're missing the whole point. We got him for the long term. I mean, we'll yeah. try to make the playoffs and they didn't make the playoffs, but they're like, we got him for the long term and it worked out. I think they're going to do it again. And I think if they get Chubb cam, look out for a potential contract extension. That is part of that deal. Um, mm-hmm. Which is go why if this is done, it'll probably be done a little bit before four. Cause you don't want something with all that language and everything like <laughs> trying to get that all done before four, you know what I mean? Right. But uh fun fact, I, I think, I mean, you played with Mark Barron, yeah. right? So Mark yeah. Barron was traded from uh, Tampa and, um, Kevin Demoff on a podcast said, yeah, you know, sometimes deals are easy. Uh, you know, we, we called up Tampa like, hey, you want to trade Mark Barron? Like, yeah, they got it done six <laughs> minutes before the deadline. <laughs> that cracked me up. I'm like, I can only imagine how casual they made that sound. But yeah, it's going to be crazy, man. Uh, going on to Tampa, I'd like to see them start changing up the offensive approach like you kind of alluded to. Um, they got to make some changes, but I don't think this team's done. Not even close. They're three and four. The season's not over. They got 10 more games and wait for it. None of them are against the Niners. (laughs) So (laughs) they have a chance. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're probably praying for that one. I mean, like, like I said earlier, man, the Niners, they, they showed out. You got to tip your hat off to them. Uh, 24 hour rules in effect. You know, they, they did their thing. Like I said, the trade deadline's coming up. So uh, you, you, you get something. Uh, that can be more long term. Uh, the, the season's not over yet, like you said, man. There's a lot of football left. There's a lot of football left, but just know they're playing. They're playing Brady next week. <laughs> you know the Buccaneers haven't been doing well, but they're playing Brady. So you know they have to. They have to come with it. The Rams have to figure dig deep and figure out. Hey, you know where do we want this to go? You know, do we want the story to be okay? We won a championship and then we just fell off the cliff after that, or? Hey, this this organization, this uh, this franchise is is that you know is the one to be. So, well, you know, we'll see, we'll see. We will see. Uh, I mean, I think that's gonna do it, Cam. It's been a fun uh, podcast. Hopefully, we we got your uh, you guys on the right track again, ready to go for for next week. That was our goal. Uh, you know, yep. address the problems, and hopefully, now we're we're on to next week. Twenty four hour rule, like Cam stated. Uh, and you all, you all heard it. So, I mean, it all goes to you as well. So that's going to yeah. do it for us. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And, uh, this has been believe in Rams episode 131, presented by bet online. We appreciate you guys and we'll see you guys later on the week. Later folks. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.